So uh, I'm excited to share with you guys today the word that the Lord's put on my heart. And this is something he put on my heart actually several weeks ago. And I got to tell you, I've been pretty sick over the last six weeks. I mean, like contagious type things, not like chronically ill or anything like that. But the last couple of days, I've been really not feeling well, and I was not entirely sure I would make it today to share this message with you, including even like at 10 p.m. last night. I said, Lord, I'm going to go to bed, and I'm really hoping I wake up with enough energy to do this. So if I have to take a break or take some water or whatever, I'm sorry. Um, I'm feeling much better today. But I really feel like this word is for us, and it's important, and I kind of had this feeling like, come hell or high water, I will tell you guys this. Do you ever have that? <laughs> Where you're like, this is not the Lord to not tell, you know, this all of what's going on in me, it's not God. But I want to start by diving into a scripture. We're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 12. And we're going to start looking at it at the Amplified. And we're going to throw that up there. The Amplified, you guys know, is my personal favorite translation. I love it because um, I like to talk a lot. And there's extra words in it, and it's so cool. Um, but the, this verse is really what we're talking about today. And um, so we're going to read it in the Amplified, and then we're going to read it in the Passion Translation as well. So uh, let me pull it up here because that screen is so tall. I feel like I'll get whiplash if I look that way to read it to you. Um, oh, no. version, don't fail me now. Hold on. All right, here we go. So this is Paul. This is God writing through Paul, right? And as I was preparing this, the Lord was reminding me, it's important for us to not just say, oh, this was David writing this, or this is Paul writing this, as if it wasn't God. The scripture is God-breathed, right? So when we start to say, oh, it was Paul writing this, we can maybe humanize it and think maybe it's not God's words. These are God's words. And so if you remember, we did this whole long series in Ephesians uh, last fall. And if you are interested, you can check it out. It's on our podcast. And we talked all about your identity and all these amazing things that the Lord um, wanted to talk to us about, right? Like, like how to receive that new revelation that our salvation brings us. And this is the end of it. So all this amazing stuff, and this is what God is saying, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Draw your strength from him and be empowered through your union with him and in the power of his boundless might. Put on the full armor of God, for his precepts or his ways are like the splendid armor of a heavily armed soldier, so that you may be able to successfully stand up against all the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the the world forces of this present darkness and against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural places. That's a mouthful, right? It's a lot going on in that scripture. All right, let's look at it in the Passion Translation real quick. Exact same verses, Ephesians 6, uh, 10 through 12. I love the way this words that he says, now my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. That means these are weighty. This is important for us to catch this. He says, be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with our Lord Jesus. Anybody need that today? It's like when you are feeling weak, this is your go-to scripture. I'm not trying to just pull myself up by the bootstraps. I'm not trying to find strength through coping and other things. I'm finding my strength in God. I'm drawing it from him himself. And then he says this, 
Stand victorious with the power, excuse me, stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Amen. Lord Jesus, do that in our lives. Verse 11, put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Catch this. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. We're not going to get into the rest of it quite yet. Now, what is God telling us here? When you are at odds with someone, there's more to the story. When you are at odds with someone, whether it's your spouse, your kids, your coworker, the gas station attendant, or your barista at Starbucks, when things are not going well, don't mistake that it's just a matter of flesh and blood. There's always something bigger going on in the picture, right? We're going to dive into this a little bit, but I, I, I felt like the Lord wanted me to talk about spiritual warfare because here's why. We are a warrior people, amen? In this room... We are a warrior people. We are not the kind of people who come to church to sing songs and high-five our friends. There's a lot better churches out there if that's your thing, right? Better shows, better production, greater talent, all that kind of stuff. You don't come here because we're putting on the best show for you in an hour. You come here because you are a warrior person wanting to have your hands trained for battle, right? That's why you are here. This is not a church of check the box. This is a church of chain breakers. We are the kind of people who show up on a Sunday morning. Yes, thank you. We are the kind of people who show up on a Sunday morning and say, Lord Jesus, it's your anointing that breaks the yoke. We're not here just to sing pleasant songs and sway in mood music. We are here to see you actually set people free. And I got to tell you, I can't take it anymore. I cannot take conversations with believers who feel like just patting themselves on the back is all it is. I'm like, aren't you bored? I'm so bored by that. That was me in like sixth grade. Adult me is like, I got to see God put his hands on somebody's life and that person is never the same. And I'm here because I'm not alone. Because you guys are all like me. You're the crazy ones, right? You're the wild ones. You're the ones who are, who are courageous enough to dare to see Jesus be who he was in the Bible and who he is today. I'm standing up here telling you that Jesus is completely victorious, right? There is no power. All these powers we just read, look, they're real. We're going to talk about that in a second. They're real. But there is no power more real than Jesus in you. Christ in you is what? The disappointment of glory? No. Christ in you is the hope of glory. In other words, you have no hope apart from him. Are you guys catching me? So we don't live this life in conflict with people just like sad that we can't catch a break. We live this life with the confidence that Christ in me is all I need to see God open the door for me. Amen? Can you tell? Thank you. Can you tell I'm fired up? I will have no voice by the end of this. Thank you, God. But here's the thing. God is training us for war. He's training you for war. I want you to look at your neighbor and be like, shoot, he's training me for war. 
Because if you are here in this place, it's too late, guys. If God has called you here, it's too late. He's already been training you to be victorious. Excuse me. He's training us for war. There is a conqueror inside of you. And listen, there's a conqueror in your home. There's a conqueror in your job. There's a conqueror with that gas station attendant. I don't know, this is not even a thing anymore, right? They don't come and pump your gas anymore. <laughs> but you can think about it, right? Anywhere you go, that, you know, one time I was in Walmart and I was doing the self-checkout because that's my thing. I'm like, I'm so much more efficient and I'm the kind of person, I'm so weird. I organize my products on the conveyor belt in order of how I'm gonna put them away at home. Don't waste my time putting the frozen stuff with the bathroom products. Like that makes more work for me, right? Organize everything that's frozen in the same bag, like duh. So a long time ago, I just was like, I can't take my frustration with these poor people that are just doing the best they can. And if you work in the checkout line, I'm so sorry, this is not about you. But for me, I was like, I. I got to just cleanse myself in the blood of Jesus and do the self-checkout thing. And so one day I was at the Walmart by my house and I was buying um, some Dr. Pepper and I scanned it and put it back in the cart, you know, and everything else got scanned. I, I never don't buy what I'm, you know, I don't, I'm not a shoplifter. And this woman came up to me and she was like, did you pay for that Dr. Pepper? And I'm like, I had a cart. I've got four kids or six of us. All grocery runs are not small, right? So I have like a cart full of stuff and I'm like, yeah, I paid for it. I have everything else in a bag. Why would I not pay for the one thing of Dr. Pepper? And she's like, I'm going to need to see your receipt. And I'm like, having that moment where I'm looking at myself, and this is so judgmental, so forgive me, Lord, cleanse my words with the blood of Jesus. And I'm like, do I look like someone that's not going to pay for the drink? You know what I'm saying? And in my mind, I start going through all this stuff, and I'm looking at this lady, and I'm like, okay, my battle is not with flesh and blood. It's not about her, and it wasn't about her. It's about the enemy trying to do what? Steal my joy, get my focus on my flesh, get my focus off of, typically when I'm at the grocery store, God speaks to me a lot because I'm a next level multitasker. When you got a bunch of kids, it's just how it is, right? And so uh, when I'm by myself, a lot of revelation comes because my own thoughts are there. It's amazing. And so, because um, <laughs> I'm not being pestered every five minutes, amen. And so I'm like, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, man, this is that moment where I could miss what God wants to give to me because I'm focused on hand-to-hand -hand combat, on petty squabbles, and I'm not focused on what's really going on here. So we're being trained for war. Listen, I want to tell you, our trials in our life, they come from three different places. And the best thing you can do, maybe not the supreme best thing, but one of the best things you can do with your life is learn to discern what it is that's coming against you. Because they don't, you don't treat them all the same, right. right? So if you can understand the source of what you're going through, then you can actually have victory that much better. So let's talk about these three ways. The first way is this. Everybody say consequences. Nobody likes this word. Some of y'all didn't even say it because you're like, I'm not... There ain't no consequences to my actions, you know? But there are, I'm sorry. When we do stupid things, when we make bad choices, there's consequences. And sometimes we find ourselves in situations and we're like, oh, the enemy is coming against me. I'm under so much warfare. And really what it is is the consequences of your bad choice. Can I just tell you? Sometimes the strife in your relationships is because you haven't been treating people right. And then we're like, oh, there's so much warfare. And it's like, no, it's actually not warfare. You need to make some changes right? It's just sowing and reaping. And so if we're looking at a sowing and reaping situation as a demonic attack, you're not going to get much breakthrough. 
Because the way that you make it through the consequences of your actions is through repentance. You're not repenting for an attack. That doesn't make sense, right? We'll get into that in a second. But you repent for your wrong actions. You ask the Lord to break the power of what you have sown, especially if it's really bad. If you've been saying really mean things to your spouse and they don't like you and there's strife in your relationship because you've been saying mean things, well, then we can't just be like, oh, Lord Jesus, save my marriage. You've got to go, Lord Jesus, save my mouth. <laughs> Cleanse that. Lord, cleanse my words. You go to your spouse and you're like, I'm sorry, I messed up. That's how you deal with those type of situations. The second source that we deal with are God trials. Now, I know this makes people feel uncomfortable. It makes me feel uncomfortable because we don't want to believe that God tests us. But he does, okay? But here's the key. Here's the key. God does not test you so that you can become more favored in his eyes or get more love or get that A++ so that you're good and somebody else is bad. That's not what the testing is about. The testing that we go through from the Lord is exposing what's inside of us. Because when we are pressed, but not abandoned, right? You know that scripture? When we are pressed by the Lord, stuff comes up. And when it comes up, it's an opportunity to deal with it. When the Lord is creating a circumstance in your life that's really difficult and there's junk coming up, it can feel like warfare sometimes. But there is no amount of rebuking God that's going to work. Can I just go ahead and tell you that from personal experience? Okay? It doesn't work. When God is the one testing us, see, he tests us in two ways. He exposes, and then he'll sometimes bring us back around to that same test so that we can see that we grew. Did you know that? Sometimes you go through the same set of circumstances, you're like this again, but you're coming at it from a higher level, from a greater revelation, from a, a more settled part of yourself, and you ease through that second test, and you're like, what was that about? It's the Lord showing you, hey, girl, hey, man, you did it. Look, look at what you learned. And that's a good thing. That's something that should be celebrated. But when it's the Lord that's testing us, when it's God that feels like warfare, we got to surrender, man. we got to surrender. we got to say, Lord, what are you trying to do in my life? and I'm gonna quit kicking and screaming against you. I'm gonna let you do what you wanna do. I've shared this story with you guys at different times, but when I went through my burnout in like 2011, 2012, I hit a real legitimate burnout and um, I like hated people, it was really sad and um, I had all kinds of physical problems and stuff. And anyways, I was sitting with a counselor and, and we were talking and, and um, you know, he, he came and sat on the couch next to me and Grant was there and I think Grant was like laughing through the whole thing under his breath, it was such a special moment. And I was crying and sobbing just about my life, not about him or anything, I'm just like, man, my life is so hard and this counselor came up, he put his arm around me and he said, let's just breathe together for a second, which was code for me to be really weirded out. <laughs> And I was like, okay, <laughs> it's not working, you know. And I'm sitting there, and he's like, he's, he's like a dad to me, and he, and he still is. And he put his arm around me, and he had this waist-length braid, and the braid kind of like got on my shoulder. And I, I wish I wasn't judging him, but I totally was. And I was like this, get me out, God, you know. And he put his arm around me. We're just breathing together for like about a minute, not very long. And then he says this to me. He just, he just, he said, he makes me lie down in green pastures. And then he looked at me and he said, why do you think it says he makes me? 
And in that moment, I had this like parallel picture. Anybody ever have this happen? Like two revelations at the same time. And there were two pictures of me. And the first one, I was in this cave and I was like, get me out. And the Lord Jesus was leaning against the stone, you know, like this. And he was on the other side. And I'm like, like my, sorry, this is gross. But like my hands were bloody in the picture. And I was like, I have to get out of here. And it was God himself standing against me. And in the second picture, I was in this beautiful field. It was like the most, you know, where you want to go on vacation. And I'm laying on this grassy field, and the hand of God, like, here's me. The hand of God is so big, it's over my entire body. And I am, like, kicking and screaming, trying to get out. And he's just like, <laughs> you're not getting out, girl. I am so much bigger than you. And in that moment, I had this revelation for myself where I was like, there is no amount of kicking and screaming that's going to change what God wants to do in my life right now. Amen. See, the Lord had brought me into a season of rest. And all of the turmoil that was going on inside of me, hold on, because this is a good story, so you're going to want to hear it. All the turmoil that was going on inside of me, it was related to the Lord making sure that I rested. So it was, quote, warfare. It looked like warfare. It felt like warfare. But it was God making sure I stayed in my little garden he had apportioned for me. So when the Lord is testing you, the best thing you can do is surrender. Lord, you can have your way in my life. I might be kicking and screaming until you do that. But, Lord, I'm here. I'm not removing myself from your presence. Amen? And then the third thing that we encounter is legitimate spiritual warfare. What is spiritual warfare? It's when the enemy comes against you. It's really that simple, right? It's when the enemy comes against you because, listen, the, the worst thing to the enemy is a believer that knows who they are. Because when you are doing what God has called you to do, you get to another level of impact that he has a harder time stopping you. Some of the greatest warfare that happens in your life is on your journey to that place. Sometimes we experience, it's like all hell breaks loose to keep you from that thing that God has called you to. And if we're not thinking about it correctly, we can start to feel like God himself is against us and we back away. Where are you, Lord? Why is all this happening? Why aren't you coming through? And all the while, the enemy is like, I'm going to get them. 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 And eventually you're like, fine, take me. It's too much. But I want to tell you this, guys. The enemy comes against you. Hear me when I say this. He comes against you until he's convinced that you are convinced that you are free. Let me say that one more time. The enemy will continue to come against you until he's convinced that you are convinced that you're free. This is why it takes time. This is why there's perseverance that's required when we're talking about warfare, right? But when we're talking about warfare, don't you dare surrender. Don't surrender. You stand and you fight and you proclaim and you declare and you pray and you fast if need be and you phone a friend and you give and you sow and you do all the things you know how to do, but do not surrender. Amen. I wanted to share this with you guys because um, a couple months ago, it was like middle of May, I was uh, at church worshiping with you all on a Sunday morning and the Lord... Uh, <laughs> It's not too ominous with me very often, but every once in a while he'll say something that I'm like, oh, can we have a do-over, Lord? Don't say that, you know? And so I was, um, I was worshiping, and I was down on my knees, and the Lord came, came next to me, and he said, Rachel, I'm going to need you to hold yourself together this summer. 
That's all he said. Cool, Lord, could you elaborate, please? Because I have no idea what that means, right? And there have been times in my life, it's not a frequent thing, but there have been times in my life where the Lord gives me a heads up, it's going to get real. <laughs> Hold together, right? Don't quit. Don't give up. This is going to be hard. And I was like, Lord, that sounds real ominous, and he did not respond, okay? So I'm thinking if it wasn't ominous, he would have been like, oh, no, sweetie, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. You know, you're fine. And when he said, hold yourself together, I had this picture of myself like this, like holding myself as tightly together as I could. And I have to tell you, over the last two months, I think we've been in some of the greatest warfare that we've been in in a really long time as a church. And here's the difference. I've been through a lot of spiritual warfare. A lot of us have, right? But it's one thing when it's one or two people. It's a whole thing entirely, a whole other thing entirely when it's almost everybody. And I, I felt like the Lord, I wasn't planning on, you know, when he said that to me, I had no intention of sharing that with anybody. Remember, I said it to Grant that afternoon, and he was like, what the heck does that mean? And I said, your guess is as good as mine. Let's just make sure we're praying a whole lot, <laughs> Right? And I still didn't know, and I still don't entirely know. What I do know is that I'm not alone in how difficult this summer has been. Now, here's the kicker, right? We can look at circumstances and be like, we're a blessed people. We've got all these things that are going right. But sometimes the warfare that comes against us is internal. It's like the pressure that you feel in your soul. It's the doubts that just won't quit running through your mind. It's the, like, you can't get a break type feeling. It's the stress that you feel like is just weighing on you no matter what you're doing. Even if it goes right, it doesn't seem to feel fulfilling. It's the, the conversation you can't get a breakthrough in in your marriage. It's your kids that are acting out time and time again or all of it all combined. It's sickness issues, health issues. It's, you know, it's a lot. And I, I wanted to share this message with us today because I want you guys to know two things. Number one, you are not alone. Not one person in this room is doing this on your own. And number two, if you've been feeling the chaos of this summer, it's not God. It is spiritual warfare. I think there's a lot of us who, you know, God has called you to be here at this church. This is your home church. He wants to, you know, this is where you get to use your gifts and all that kind of stuff. And, and there's, there's reality around that where if, just think about it this way. If the enemy can get everybody off track, then what are we going to do as a body? We're not going to accomplish the thing God has called us to, right? It requires us being free, I always like to picture myself riding on a horse. I don't know why, because I don't even, I mean, like, put a horse in front of me. I'm not getting on it. But, like, in my mind's eye, that's me, right? I'm like William Wallace or something or Joan of Arc or whatever, and I'm like this effortless rider. Like, oh, my gosh, if a horse broke into a gallop while I was on it, I would just be like, I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm dead. Take me to Enoch style, Lord, right now. Just, boom, I'm in heaven. Um, but that's, you know, but that's how I picture myself, like, running on a horse, and it's like this unencumbered feeling. Listen, guys, there is nothing more, t more terrifying than the powers of our air, than a body of believers unencumbered and free. Think about it. Think about it. Just think for a second over the last year how much God has done in you by being impacted by the other people in this room. And then multiply that, and then one or two more times, and we're seeing sweeping revival. When we were about to open this space just a couple weeks ago, um, I felt like the Lord said, I, I saw a picture of us like walking into the doors, you know, into this room, and I felt like the Lord said, it's, there's a crossing over. There's a crossing over component to this. And, and I was like, um, yeah, that sounds really cool. Until I remembered that every time there's a crossing over in the Bible, like all hell breaks loose. 
right? When the Israelites got to the Red Sea to cross over it, it was like the most fearful time of their lives. They wanted to go back and be enslaved because it was too much to handle. When they were circling Jericho to cross over into the promised land, it was freaking terrifying for all of them. When they actually occupied the the promised land, all these enemy camps started coming at them and it was terrifying. And we can go on and on and on. And I was like, oh, Lord, I I don't know if we want to cross over, right? Like, can we do it? And he just reminded me, hold yourself together. Hold yourself together. There is something prophetically in the season that we're in. And I don't don't say this stuff very often because typically I want to have like a 1,000% sure that like, you know, confirmations and things that I know this is what God is saying. But today I know because I see it with my natural eyes and I feel it in my soul that we're crossing over to something, but we're not there yet. And I just got to tell you, two weeks ago, I was really hoping that was the end, (laughs) just being honest. And it's not. It's not. And I don't know when it's going to be over. I know it's not going to last long. But here's my point in saying all of that. If you're dealing with something in your life right now, do not quit. It's not you. It's the enemy is just twisting all kinds of experiences and circumstances and causing strife and division. And I need you guys to be on your guard. That's really what I'm saying. And I don't mean that in like a fearful thing. And I hesitate, you know, I don't like to talk about spiritual warfare because I don't want to give the enemy any like kudos or props. Like he doesn't deserve them. But there is a reality that he does have a measure of power. And it's not just what you give to him. It's collectively what we as a human race have given to him. And so there are these principalities. We just read this. There are these principalities in the air. There are those in Oklahoma City. They don't like believers. Why? Because their days are numbered. The Bible has said that God has cast judgment upon them, that they will die like men. They're going to lose their eternal status. And until that day comes, they're really not wanting that, right? And it's us as sons and daughters of God that have the ability and the calling and the anointing to partner with Jesus to dethrone them. So Garland shared this last week, and it's like, which ones of us will have the guts to go out into the sea when it's parted, but it's still terrifying, you know? So when you take your place in the kingdom of God, it sends a ripple effect and it's incredibly powerful, even if your place is being like a stay-at-home parent or working a nine-to-five job. It has nothing to do about like the status of your ministry. It has to do with your confidence in who you are in Jesus because confidence is terrifying to the kingdom of darkness. Why? Think about it. Just think about it for a second. Because if you're confident, then you know. I, I, you know, my summer has been um, peer mediating amongst my children. That's what my summer has been. So breaking up squabbles and trying to get them, I don't know, like maybe when Grace is old enough to talk, it'll even out. But right now it's like I can't get the three of them to agree on anything, anything. And um, I spend a lot of my time walking into arguments and trying to quickly see who's wrong and what do we do, right? But I'm the mom. And so there's times when I walk in, like I walked into my house yesterday. I'd been at the doctor and I came home and two of my kids were fighting. And I just knew in that moment, you're both wrong. (laughs) You know what I mean? There ain't no justification in any of this. You're both wrong. And so I came in, why? With confidence because I'm their mother. It's my job. You guys know what I'm saying? I'm 100% sure in that room because Grant wasn't home. So in that room, I'm the only person who is equipped and qualified to deal with this squabble. So I walk in and I'm like, you're done. You're done. We're done with that. We're done with that. Go sit down, chill out. Then we're going to apologize to everybody, right? Not exactly like that, but essentially like that. 
And the Lord was reminding me, he's like, that confidence that you have when you walk into a situation like that, that's the confidence he's given you in every area of your life. When your family is struggling, that's the confidence that you have. You're not questioning, is this you, God? Do you want my kid to go down this path? No, you put your foot down. You're like, no, this is not right. When something's happening at your job and bad things are happening, you don't have to wonder, God, is this what you want? The Lord does not do destruction. Amen? That's not his thing. He poured that out on Jesus. All right, tangent for you. Let's dive into the last part of Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to read it in the Passion Translation. This is verse 13 through 16. And so again, he's just, he's just talking about, listen, I'm going to read verse 12 to you real quick. He says, your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. And then he says this, because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so that you're protected as you confront the slanderer. How do you win at warfare? You show up armed. You don't show up not wondering. You know, you don't show up wondering, is this going to work? You show up to the battle armed and ready. What are you armed with? Here we go. He says this. I love this. Uh, Because of this, you must wear all your armor, verse 13. And he says, for you are destined for all things, and you will rise victorious. Amen? You will rise victorious. So I want us to take a second. I want you to just close your eyes. And I want you to picture, if this is you, if this resonates with you, and you're like, man, I've been through some difficult stuff in the last couple of months. I want you to picture that difficulty, and then I want you to hear the Lord saying to you, you are destined for all things, and you will rise victorious. You will rise victorious. I want you to picture that same thing, and I want you to to imagine yourself speaking to that difficulty. I will rise victorious. Listen, challenge. I will rise victorious because I am destined by God. I will rise victorious. You will not have a hold over me for much longer. And I want you to picture yourself saying that because this is the word of the Lord. So then he says, put on truth, verse 14. Put on truth as a belt to strengthen you to stand in triumph. Listen, friends, you don't get triumph without being truthful. you got to be vulnerable. You have to be honest about what you're dealing with so that you can receive the triumph from the Lord. Amen? So you put on truth so that you can be triumphant. So you can stand in triumph. Put on holiness as the protective armor that covers your heart. Stand on your feet alert. Then you will always be ready to share the blessings of peace. In every battle, take faith as your wraparound shield, for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance. Hello. Let's read that one more time. Listen, church, this is our time to embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance. That moment of bloodshed on the cross was not just for you to get in the gates of heaven. That was significant, but it wasn't the full picture. It was part one of two, right? The end credits of the scene were not rolling at that point. They're rolling after you take your place as a son or daughter of God, after you take your place in your destiny that God has called you to. You have to embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies and take the mighty razor sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. Amen. We're going to pray the the next verse, which isn't up there. It says, pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Pray the blessings of God upon all believers. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a few minutes and we're going to intercede because 
I think some of you guys are listening to this and you're like, yes, this explains a lot to me. And others of you guys might be like, hey, I, I'm, I'm good. Like high fives, power to you, you know, bless God, amen, I'm so glad. But that's just because you're not experiencing something doesn't mean nobody is. Amen. I mean, I think it's wise of God that we don't all go through terrible things at the same time because who's going to hold us up? But listen, if you're struggling, I'm just going to invite you to raise your hand or to stand because we're going to pray over you. And Grant, I don't know if you want to turn on some music, um, but we're going to pray over you. And here's the thing. Nobody's going to ask you questions. Nobody needs to know what the difficulty is. But I'm telling you, I've been through this myself. I'm going through it alongside of you. I know that you're not the only one. And so what we're going to do this morning is we're going to come with the breaker anointing because Jesus, the chain breaker, is here right? And so we're going to be starting to break some things off so that you can get a breath, so that you can stand up, so that you can come into that rising up and being victorious thing that the Lord has put on you. So why don't we just have everybody stand and we're going to pray for individuals and then we're going to pray corporately as a church and then we're going to pray for one more thing because we love to pray. So listen, I need you guys to be bold, but just raise your hand if you're like, this is me. I'm going through some stuff. All right. So look around the room, guys. We're on the cusp of something amazing. And I want to tell you all, do not lose hope. Don't lose hope. There is a breakthrough that is going to come. I am 1,000% sure of that. So if you're around them and you're not raising your hand, go ahead and, and, and put your hand on their shoulder. Keep your hands up for just a second so everybody can see. So if you guys are, if you're doing well, just come grab somebody. And, and I know there's a lot of us with our hands raised, so you may just need to grab the hand of the person next to you. And we're just going to pray. And so here's what I want you to do. I'm going to stand up here so you can see me. I want you to pray and ask the Lord to, um, to bring a breakthrough, okay? So go ahead and just start praying. You can ask the Father, Lord, what do you want me to pray specifically? But we're just going to start speaking breakthrough over every person in this room. So Holy Spirit, we thank you for your power that's here at work in us right now. And Lord, we come before you in the name of Jesus and we release a declaration of breakthrough over every person in this room. We expose the schemes of the enemy and what he's been doing in this body. And we declare today is the day that it is done. In Jesus' name, we come before your throne, Lord, and we pour the blood of Jesus over every scheme, over every plan, over every weapon that's been uh, formed against this church and against these ones that are raising their hands right now. And we say no more in Jesus' name. Today is a day of breakthrough, and we release that over every single person. I speak to every person that's been dealing with relational challenges. Lord, we ask for your healing balm and your effortless forgiveness to come right now and flow through each and every one of these people who've been struggling in that way. Lord, I speak to every person who's been having trouble sleeping at night, come into the rest of God. Lord, would you surround them like a hedge of protection at night? Lord, we speak to every child in our body that's been struggling with dreams and, and terrifying images at night. We declare those to be done right now in the name of Jesus. And we speak to every person who's been dealing with sickness or diseases or chronic pain or injuries. And we say, receive healing right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask that you would bless the efforts of the doctors and the doctor's orders over our body. And Lord, that these, these efforts would be truly supernaturally infused. Lord, we speak against every spirit of iniquity and every spirit of infirmity and every spirit of disease. And we say no in the name of Jesus. Right now, we ask for a fresh covering over all the people in this room and those that call this church their home. 
We ask for a fresh covering with the blood of Jesus in the name of Jesus. Lord, we declare that the enemy's plans cannot manifest. They cannot be projected onto us. They cannot channel through us. Today is our day of breakthrough. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And now, church, I want you to pray over all of these people, the blessing of God, the revelation of God, because every difficult thing we go through has revelation of heaven riding on it. And so we just bless you today with the revelation of the Holy Spirit for understanding to come to you. And I declare peace over every person that's in here as well, that the peace of God would come, that it would, it would help you to overcome all the questions that are in your mind right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, now you can, you can uh, let go of somebody's hand if you're holding their hand. And we're gonna pray for a minute over the church as a whole. And listen, like I, I don't, I'm not saying this lightly that we're on the cusp of something. I, it would take me 25 minutes to maybe more to go through all the prophetic words we've had in the last six years of what God wants to do here. And listen, there's nothing special about what he's doing here. I mean, he's working in every church in the Metro, right? And so I don't ever want it to sound like what's happening here is like the best and the only. It's, that's not even true. But he is doing something significant here. And we are on the cusp of God doing something that will blow our minds. And I don't know about you, but that's what I want. <laughs> I don't want a church that's just wrapped around Grant and I and what we can do in our own strength. That's boring, right? Let's see God show up and do his thing, man. That's the kind of church we're looking for. So we're on the cusp of a breakthrough. And I really just wanna ask you guys to intercede with us right now and also throughout this week. I really believe it's, it's everything happens in the kingdom through prayer, right? And so when we, unite our prayers, when we connect together and we start praying over each other, we start praying over Grant and I, we start praying over the vision, we start praying, you know, when we, when we lend our voices that way, things begin to change because here's what we need to know. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church, right? The church is designed to move forward and take ground and just bulldoze over every little gate the enemy wants to put up. So let's just pray that in, all right? So we're gonna take a minute or two. Yeah, let's just pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.